they had to make they had to make thor like like almost almost a joke because of how like dashing he was in all the previous movies it's like of all people thor grows up to be like the fuck up yeah so that was interesting because i think the best part about thor has always been kind of how he like leans into the humor even though his like obvious appeal to the masses is the fact that he's just like a god on earth physically right um the ladies love Thor. I mean, it's not a, it's not a joke. He's, he's got a big hammer. You know, he's, he's chiseled. He's um, got a big hammer. Yeah, yeah. I'll take, I'll take that as you want, right? Um, no, but, but if you think about like Thor's character arc, he goes from like cocky, like startup kid where Odin's like whipping his ass and like chopping it up with him all the time to getting his eye poked out by his sister and that horrible kind of like situation with his home to right, like all he wants to do is kill Thanos. And then when he screws up, he's like, I got no family, I got no city, I got no home. Like, I'm just going to play Fortnite and drink beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolute degenerate. Yeah, it was so funny. And I, I think the funny thing, too, is like, I was like, obviously, you know, not trying to read up before, but after we got home. But you like, obviously did. No, the following the movie. I meant previous, previous to the movie. Yeah. Following the movie, I got online, I started reading, like, you know, reactions and stuff. And You're everyone, talking Reddit's? Reddits, um, Reddit threads, YouTube, and all that shit. People were convinced that that was Hemsworth. That was him. Like he had, he had put on the weight. No way. <laughs> yeah, straight up. No I mean, way. The internet, right? You know what I mean? It, it's believable, but uh, obviously it's fake. I think to most people, it's, I just think it's funny that like that's the first thing. That's the about. first thing that I comes to their mind. Chris Hemsworth put on sixty pounds for for a role. You know, the, the, the sort of, uh, yeah. yeah. That that movie was epic to, like, all proportions. Like, honestly, though, I felt like it was, it was two-thirds filler and one-third Avengers action. Like, right. true Avengers story, action, epicness. For sure. And, like, there was a lot of parts in the middle where it was just like, okay... Let's go. Like, come on. You felt that way? Sometimes. Sometimes I'm just like, let's go. Come on. Like, we can do without this. But I know, it was, I know they, were, they were aiming to make it a very, like, emotional. Like, you know, they wanted to get the emotional ties into it. They wanted to get the love stories in there. And it, it was an emotional movie, like, for a lot of people. Because, like, these characters they've been watching or grew up on in the books and then... They've been watching for more than 10 years now. It's all coming to an end. But at the same time, it's like, God, I wanted, I wanted a little. I mean, that, that battle at the end, though, like, I kind of made up for, like, everything. 
Yeah, man. I mean, so so here. Let me unpack. Spoiler alert. So yeah, no here. Spoiler alert. Yeah, here we go. Uh, Thanos kills the Night King. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, backing up to what you said about the filler. So I think that that's a really interesting take because, uh, spoiler alert again, I'm a nerd. So for me, oh shit, reading back into the. Um, kind of backstory of the 22 movies they put out in the last 10 years, starting with Iron Man 1. Yeah. The callbacks and the closed loops that a viewer like myself, that was gold. Like, I loved all that that dialogue and, that, and, the, and the tropes and the, you know, there wasn't any, like, cinematic devices that were just, like, cheesy or not needed. It all felt like it synced really well. Um, so I could see... The opposite as well, though, where people were like, okay, I just was thinking this was going to be Infinity War Part 2, and basically all we were going to see was this enormous fight where Thanos is now, you know, I mean, just kind of like a redo. Right. Um, Should have gone for the head. <laughs> you, this dude, okay, Kit called that as we're walking in, no, not even as we're walking in the theater, like pre-movie, pre-film, Kit called that, like, yeah, Thor's going to just chop off. Donald's head because of the as a nod to the should have gone for the head comment in Infinity War which it was a plausible like way for Thanos to be killed but I mean there's so many ways for Thanos to be killed and then not what spoiler alert not only 15 minutes into the film it was it was like yeah it was like 2030 bye he's dead I like the way I like how they they did the story though like it was you know, for how complicated that kind of topic, like I know Malka was talking about last night, like how complicated that topic can be, they yeah. made it, they broke it down in a way where it's like, okay, I'm with you. Like, I know what's going on. Yep. So I thought that was really cool. Like, they took it a whole nother, they took it in a whole different direction. I didn't, I didn't expect it, honestly. I, okay, so you me, me sitting across the table talking to you, you know this about me. I lived with you. Most people probably don't know, but I am like hyper analytical. That's what I do for a living, right? I'm I'm an analyst. So right. point being, I don't know why, but I think that there is a little bit, maybe that I'm, maybe this is just like an, uh, you know, a cocky thing to say, but I, I don't really think so. I think it's more just the fact that there's a formula now for like shock and awe. And speaking of Game of Thrones, they employ that movies like it's this whole concept that like everything has to have a twist and instead of like trying to really like to drive that and to be the catalyst for the next like you know M. Night Shyamalan 2.0 they yes. kind of just lean into it yes and they make it kind of funny yeah and that's what I love so you know as like a little detail as it is like Thanos goes yep should have gone to the head my brain for whatever reason immediately goes oh well Thanos is going to get his head shot right or you know, thinking even even deeper into that, like, you know, when we had the whole, there's only one way, Tony. You know, it's like, it's like one shit. That doesn't that doesn't bode well. One in for, fourteen million. For Mr. Stark, yeah. No, I, but to, to close on your comment about like the overall, you know, kind of uh, theme of the film with this time travel thing, um, I think it's again, Marvel is the only only people that really get away with the fact that these cheesy plot devices that a lot of other movies and, and, and TV shows get roasted for, 
they're able to get away with because they lean into it and kind of make like a joke out of it. Like, yeah. There's that scene where Professor Hulk, by the way, love that, that they went with Professor Hulk and not. It was the Hulk show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but So anyway, they had Hulk kind of like explain, no, this isn't like Terminator. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, they were just shouting out different movies. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, just shouting out different movies. It was like time travel, you know. Him and Ant-Man. time splitter. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the future. Back to the future. And then, what was it? Uh, I don't know. Someone, another Avenger was like, so this, so you're telling me back to, or it was Ant-Man. Yeah, Ant-Man. He goes, so you're telling me back to the future is bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's, a, it's a time machine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a time machine. It's a time machine. Basically, yeah, it's a time right. machine. Gosh. There's so much to unpack with that movie. I got home last night. Was it like two in the morning? And I sat Did there. you stay up? I did. I couldn't sleep. <laughs> but that's, you know, I mean, we live again. We, so anyway, yes, I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, trying to like, just mentally unpack everything we just saw. And the one thing that I kept thinking about over and over and over again was how well they sent off the original Avengers crew. Like, with the, you know, we don't have to get to the external reasons, like Tony Stark's contract was out, Captain America. Right. You know, he didn't want to do them anymore. Take all that aside. For them to say 10 years ago that we're going to go here roughly and we'll figure it out along the way and also pull off those endings is just like, yeah, I think it's probably the best story character development over that long of a time period ever told since Lord of the Rings. I don't know that we've had a 10 year Boom. series like that. Dropped a bomb. Well, well, I mean, that's kind of what Lord of the Rings is known for is about the epic battle scenes and the character development. But if you think about it, that was three movies. 22 movies, you know, it's, yeah, I know it's a lot. I think that we were so spoiled to grow up with this You know, I think that some of the older generations probably have their own, you know, maybe in hindsight It'll be more of like a You know, uh, oh, that was just because it was our thing growing up. But yeah, I genuinely think in the test of time Especially with the quality of the movies uh, Quality of movies they, they are as far as like image fidelity and stuff. It's not for sure black and white exactly that they will stand the test of time. No, I mean, they have unlimited budget. Remind me in 50 years, right? <laughs> do you think they just, they're just going to do different sagas? Kind of like, I kind of like related to like a Dragon Ball Z where they just do different sagas. Like kind of like, there's obviously going to have to be new heroes, but like, mm -hmm. there's going to be new villains, maybe even stronger villains. Who knows? So, I think there's two ways to approach that question. I think you could say... Why don't we just go back to the source material, the comics, right? And think about all the things we could do. Um, I think more than likely they will probably continue to call on the characters that were most prominent in the later films, yeah. like Spider-Man and um, Captain Marvel and, and Ant-Man, people like that, the new faces, right. and just kind of like write out their solo series um, with the kind of longer with the kind of longer goal of trying to reestablish that younger because I think we'll probably see like a few more movies with Ant-Man a few more Spider-Man solo movies and then we'll see you know maybe there's like a there's like a collaboration a character right yeah and I think the other thing that we have to watch out for now is that this is more external to the actual universe but Sony and Fox I'm sorry Fox and Disney are now one so X-Men is now owned by Disney we start thinking about collaborations yes there. We're in the theaters and we see an X-Men preview. Yes, because Senza's now the Dark Phoenix, Phoenix. So now it's like, oh, let's mash up Marvel and yeah. the X-Men. Then well, you, get a whole, you get a whole monster right there. Would you rather have, 
just as like a you know theoretical question, a X Men Marvel crossover like on the scale of Infinity War, right? With a new age and you know and both sides of the aisle because you got you know Wolverine's done, Professor X is done. Yeah, tragic though. Tragic, no doubt. Don't get me wrong. Um, or or more just like solo separate universes existing separately. You know what I mean? Mm. That's tough. And then the, here's the other curveball. We've got to start thinking fiscally. You know, we're, we're adults. We can think about this. You know, what are they going to do with Deadpool? He is the cash cow. He is the single cash cow right you now. You know, like, I'm surprised that Deadpool didn't just, like, show up out of nowhere. Yeah. Just, like, I was expecting it. I thought it was going to be, like, a five-second camera. <laughs> just, like, something stupid. Like, he's, you know, in the bathroom taking a piss. Yeah, just, like, doing some, like, <laughs> ordering, ordering food or some shit. Yeah, just chopping it up. Ugh. Just, like, so, like, just... Just has no idea what's going on. It's like, yeah, I'm just chilling over here in Deadpool. No, right. but- I mean, well, at the end of the film, with who's left, Deadpool is the highest cash earning actor they have left. Yeah. Period. I, I guess you could probably say Brie Larson now with the Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. I don't know that they'll continue to see that success. You see, with Captain Marvel, I heard there was like a... People were saying... I don't know if I saw it like on a YouTube video, but people were saying that like... Back in the comics, there was uh, like a female Avengers of like um, Potts, Captain Marvel, and um, Gamora maybe, or Nebula, I don't know, one of them. And it was just like all girls, Avengers. And I was like, that is definitely something I could see like Marvel, Disney doing. Well, I think it's really important to think about it like this too. The comic books lost their... I guess this is a you know this is a, a tragedy or, or so any story could be you know held victim to this consequence. But but what happened was you got to the end of these big arcs like the Infinity Saga, bunch of people die, and then they think of kind of ludicrous or creative ways to bring them back. And so then every time you tried to build up that hype, you couldn't get back to Everest. That was that first saga. Right, you just kind of would climb up again, and then people, you know, have this big event happen, this big bad guy, this big crazy thing, this new enemy, this new hero, and it just wouldn't hold as much weight because yeah. they always had some, you know, way they would reset. Yeah. yeah. I think what Disney is now doing, I think they probably learned from that, is now okay. I think here we go again. I, I think that Tony Stark is gone. I think he's dead. Toast. Right. I think Captain America is gone. He's toast. And the reason why is because those characters were so important and so fantastic that to replace them with anybody would be a disaster. They have to piggyback off the character itself. Now, yes. I don't know. We'll never and they're getting it. old. I feel like like Tony, like Robert Downey Jr. is getting a little bit old. Yeah. And I think he like almost wants to be kind of like done. Yeah, they can't afford him. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted some they, stupid money. Like, what was a lot they paid him for? One hundred and fifty million dollars for the Infinity War. Yeah. Stuff. That's insane. Crazy. That's a max contract. <laughs> he had lines, though. I mean, he had lines. Super max. Yeah. So, I mean, what's so, up? I got a question for you, Jesse. I was thinking about this. If I had to recap the movie in, in three, you know, key points, what would those, what are your three biggest takeaways from the movie? And I don't mean, like, oh, my favorite scene. Like, what did you learn about, like, our characters, you know? Like, what, what, what was the kind of the big revelation to you? The three, okay, so the three biggest themes I got out of it was yeah, love. So love was like a big theme with like, you know, Iron Man or Stark Potts. You got Hulk, Natasha, okay. you know, those love relationships. Can I stop you for there? Yeah. What in the fuck was that about? <laughs> Which whole, one? The whole Matt scene with Black Widow. Oh, yeah. 
That was awful. At at uh the pl- on the planet for the, for the soul stone. The whole thing though, and then she comes back and Hulk's like pissed for like five seconds. I, it's almost like they admitted self admitted. Were you I, talking I, about one Hawkeye was gonna sacrifice himself? Everything about Black Widow in this movie oh. was awful, and just has been. <laughs> and no offense to all those Black Widow fans out there. Black Widow fans, I'm sorry. We're 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 really sorry. kids going off. I'm gonna I'm gonna be really cynical for a second. Please bear with me. Take a step back and think about one thing that Black Widow did in the other Avengers movies that was even remotely memorable. In Black Widow's defense, she was kicking ass in Avengers 1. She was a badass, you know. She got Bruce Banner to join the Avengers. Not- there's, there's one thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, okay. I, I'm, I'm going to take my foot off the gas a little bit. My point is, she... The only thing that she really had going for her as far as like the character plot was that she was this nobody with no family and the Avengers had made her her family. Yeah. If you're going to kill that family, you kind of have to kill her. Because like, what's her mission? What right. What is her thing? You know? So anyway. She's just like another Avenger. Like just. But most importantly though, the Hulk relationship, that's what I meant when I dropped the F-bomb. Was like, what in the fuck was that about? Because Nat gets thrown off a cliff or that whole scene with Hawkeye right. Right, where they battle each other and they, I'm killing me. No, I'm killing me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're killing me. And I, it, was, it was weird. But at the end, they teleport back. Uh, Hawkeye's got the stone and there's no Nat. Yep. Professor Hulk goes, where's Nat? And Ronan looks down and then for five seconds, he like kind of slammed his fist and that was it. it yeah. Was we were kind of just like, that was the only character arc, genuinely, as I thought about every single original Avengers character arc. That was completely a waste of time in every movie. Because we never got the payoff. I never felt sad for Hulk. I never even felt sad for Hawkeye, because he's he wasn't even in the last movie. Yeah, Hawkeye was I, I in the last movie. That was one. just like a dirty way for them to get rid of a character that yeah, was a little bit lazy. Yeah. A little bit lazy. But I mean, like you said, she didn't her purpose was served. Mm-hmm. She wasn't gonna really contribute to that. Final battle, really. Like, I, I mean, know, like, she just would have been another foot soldier. Well, that's another thing, too, is like on the power scale. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. God bless Black Widow for being like a badass ninja. Yeah. But we're talking about Thanos and, and you know, Ebony Ma's like basically a Sith. He's yeah. like controlling, you know, and, and, and the, it's like the demigods of going at it on the yeah, fucking. Yeah, right? So. And even, even like, it looks like they tried to, to upgrade, you know. So, so here we go into the, into the annals of, of the comics again. Ronan is this character they do a comic series on for, for a bit. No one knows who it is. It's revealed to be Hawkeye. They skipped that and went straight to Hawkeye. Is, yep. Hawkeye is Ronan, but we don't call him. Anyway. In Tokyo. The whole point is he's Ronan because he's fighting the Yakuza. There's mm-hmm. a big plot there. in the But the point being is he's good with a sword. And they kind of up his power scale. Yeah. So they did do some development there. After his family went missing. How powerful was that? That was a really crazy scene. That was the opener. It was the cold open. Yeah. They didn't, I mean, they dropped straight into Hawkeye. Yeah. I knew it was, we all knew it was going to happen too. We were really selling that too. Yeah. You felt for him. He was like, you know, it it reminded me of like, uh, like a little bit of Wahlberg, like, um, like Shooter. You killed my dog. Yeah. A little bit of like that. Sure. I kind of like thought about like how I would react in that situation. If I was just out with like the fam having a, a, a barbecue. (laughs) <laughs> Next thing you know, like they're just literally gone. Like, how would you react? It's like, yeah. You ever see that TV yeah, show, he, The Leftovers? No, what is that? 
it was an HBO series. Uh, and if there's any listeners out there uh, and you're looking for something to watch that's like mind-bending but also provocative and, and intriguing, uh, Leftovers is a, is a great plug. We're sponsored here at the uh, Please Shut Up podcast. Sponsored. <laughs> Uh, the whole show is that someone disappears, uh, half the population or, or certain population disappears, just kind of like, you know, Avengers does. Mm-hmm. There was some um, interviews back, uh, way back in the day that they, one of the directors was like, oh yeah, that's a really great, you know, we kind of took some inspiration there. But Oh really? Yeah, because the, a lot of the first season of that show is scenes like Hawkeye scene. Yeah. Where they show these characters and, and they're doing things like or they're having dinner with their family or throwing the ball in the backyard. Oh, that's crazy. Baseball's about to hit your son's glove and just poof. <laughs> that's crazy. You know, so. But uh, that was really well done. I didn't have any complaints from a like character development perspective with the length. What do you give the Avengers Endgame on a scale of 1 to 10? Mm-hmm. Honest opinion. Mm-hmm. Point fives included. Mm-hmm. Point twos included. 1 to 10 basis points. Yep. Go. Good question. So, without giving you the three-minute uh, one bite, you know the rules spiel. Um, I'm gonna give this movie a nine point five, and I'll tell you why. I think that when you think about the work that goes in to building a twenty-two movie series, super cast with, and, and let's not let's not forget, Guardians of the Galaxy wasn't even a thing. And then they brought those six characters over to all those plot lines, and then Chris Pratt becomes a mega star. It's a crazy mashup. People love the Guardians. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even know if they plan for that much adoption, right? Right. And so then you got both of those universes interacting with each other, and then obviously you have the record global success of both Black Panther and Captain Marvel, looping those major leads in, and still finding a way to close the book in a way that was not only satisfying but exhilarating and, and, and climactic. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so easy to, even with like great series like Star Wars, and there's also, there's always a point where you get to the end and like the big bad guy falls off and you're kind of like, Phew. is that it? Yeah. I didn't feel that. I felt like when I got to the end and like, you know, we could just try to paint a picture of how awesome that scene was, but with the fear of just taking over the next 10 minutes to explain it. Um, one of the most epic fight scenes I've ever seen in oh, cinematic. Oh, so crazy. Could you even track everything? I mean, it was impossible to see everything yeah. happening on screen. Definitely going to see it again. Um, but to wrap this up, there's no way that I think any other franchise, whether it's, you know, like Batman, Superman, DC, or Star Wars, they they, there's no way they could do 20, like, even look at the success of, or the lack of success of movies like Solo. Even if they found a way to build a Star Wars universe at that scale. And this year coming from a Star Wars stand, right? I've been to all those movies at the premiere and all that stupid Bro, shit. is Solo a good movie? I still have not seen it. I feel ashamed to say, but I've not seen Solo yet. It's worth watching. It's a... It's... I don't know. It's, it's I've okay. heard it's pretty it's good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's okay? Yeah. I okay. think that it's... I'll go check. It's on Netflix. I gotta go fine. check it out. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. It's a fine movie. Okay. Fine. <laughs> it's fine. That sounds so snobby. No, it's fun. It's fun. I had fun watching it. But... To, to the point about Star where this thing ranks, I think it's better than Infinity War. And I loved Infinity War. Right. I put Infinity War in my top five all time. Movies? All time. Really? I think it's better than Infinity War. Yeah, I, I definitely need to go see Endgame again, for yeah, sure. Yeah. And I think I may enjoy it better the second time around. Yep. But my initial reactions, like coming home, like on the drive home from the theater and all that, like, I was just thinking, like, 
I don't know. I, I was really satisfied, like you said. Like, it was a very satisfying, like, ending and all that. But I think the shock value that Infinity War served... I know, like, they're closing things out, so, like, it's not gonna... It's a superhero movie. The hero's gonna win. The hero's gonna fucking win. Not, not always, though. As we I mean, right. Like, Infin- Infinity, Infinity War... War like, right. right. But that yeah, wasn't yeah, the but last but chapter. This movie, as a 22-movie climactic... Uh, I'm gonna get memed for saying 22 movies, but uh, what do you... So you're <laughs> At, at the climax, at the, at the, climax the, the conclusion of the, of the saga, like, there was sacrifice. Gohan beats Cell, you know, Go Tony Stark wins, beats Thanos, whatever, like. Yeah, Goku beats Jiren is what you meant to say. <laughs> but, yeah. That's what this felt like, was the, the fucking tournament <laughs> in the universe. This conversation is getting nerdy as hell. Anyway, you gotta go see Avengers Endgame if you haven't already. Kids giving it a 9.5. I'm gonna give it. I'm going to give Avengers Endgame a solid 8 out of 10. It was great. 8 is great? 8 is great. 8 is great. Okay. 8 is great. I think everyone's got different levels to that shit. Eight, I think on IGN they call 8 great. Oh, really? I think so. 7s are good, good on IGN. Yeah. IGN just has become the authority of tech review and Seriously. gaming review anyway. So closing the book on Endgame, go see that movie immediately because I think that what would actually ruin the movie for you is spoilers it's uh, Infinity War was spoiled for me last year was, Infinity War was 2018 right? well we just spoiled the movie for 30 minutes so if you haven't seen it already you're already well spoiled. it should be Sunday now or <laughs> Sunday or Monday so I mean yeah if you haven't seen it already like shit block off three hours of your day <laughs> block, block off three hours on your calendar and go see that movie go to your nearest AMC Near cinema, yeah. and go check that movie out. It's great. And your bitch can see this shit from across the street, nigga. It's pimping over here. Macaroni. Pushing oranges, nigga. What up, Chevy? Jar my seed. Cardo on the beat. Chase them, I duck them, smoke something Go to one new state soon as I fuck them Niggas be pressed for pussy, ain't nothing Instead of worrying about who that bitch fucking Why don't you get you some money? Nine times out of ten, she see me stunting Game running, wanna know my hotel And who phone the ring when she coming I keep it a hundred Get love from the hoes, but it's money over Bitches, nothing above it like the weed, loud like my engine when I speed up. Bitches holding they weed, rolling trees with their pretty feet up. Them suckers often imitate, but they can't beat us. So super high, look in the sky when you won't see me, bruh. Cut my speakers up, drowning out what the critics say. Just continue to smoke and remain G as fuck. G as fuck. Polo socks match my polo hat. She leave once, it's a known fact. And she ain't coming back. Now Taylor gang that shit changed But the amount of horses in my motor when I switch lanes And I beat them, blind them with the diamonds in my big chain Heavy in the game, lil' homie, I'm doing big things Big things, big things And the bitches, they mesmerize, they recognize I keep it so G, I keep it so G Get you some money, fuckin' with me Yeah, 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 uh I don't love them, I don't chase them, I duck them Try to get paper out of fucker, don't know shit about her I take oh, you up where it's cloudy And one of them lame still rock the ride I go to Louis Sensei of the game to come over and just chop it up And just beat you down Oh yeah, 
it hum- um, it's humbling. And then he'll, you'll, you'll eventually, you know, you climb that ladder stand style and you'll make it to a point where, yeah. Legendary series. I remember when I was younger and like the Mortal Kombat on the 64, I'd be at like, you know, family parties or whatever, like functions in New Jersey when I was like five or six. And like all the kids would be playing like Mortal Kombat. Crazy, like my cousins Scorpion were, and Sub-Zero. Scorpion and Sub-Zero were like badass, you know? Just like legendary series, and now they're on their eleventh game. Right. Came out this week. I I thought about buying it, but I just haven't pulled the, I don't the have trigger. It I think it's something I probably will get. I think that people, the best part about Mortal Kombat and just the history, it, it to me is the history of it because they were like the first. I know people probably don't know unless they're into the scene, know like kind of how this started, but Mortal Kombat really paved the way for. Uh, I don't want to call it just pure gore because it's not even that. It's more just like that fantasy kind of pushing the edge of art in video games right. entirely. Like, and it's simple as, yeah, you can rip someone's spine out Literally. <laughs> in the video Punch game. through their chest, <laughs> rip their heart, that and see a, the thumping heart beating in someone's hand. But that was a big deal. There was a national conversation. Yep, you yep. had, you know, government talking about regulation yep. it actually changed a lot of the scope yeah. of media I think that was around the same time with I mean Grand Theft Auto was I think in the same exact time where like developers are pushing the envelope with with violence and oh, gore shit. here we go again <laughs> <laughs> so San Andreas yeah. have you seen that meme yeah. that shit is so funny the door <laughs> <laughs> oh it's shit stupid. here we go again Look how he opens the door, though. <laughs> it's ridiculous. No, so yeah, Mortal Kombat Tuesday. Not to mention Dame Time. Dame. Dame when did that happen? Was that Monday? That was a Sunday night game? Was that, did that uh, drop on Monday? Dude, this week's been really blurry. Yeah, it's been crazy. It's been so NFL so draft. NFL draft. We have, yep. we have the Battle of Winterfell coming up on Sunday. Right. Not to mention. Right. Um, the Clippers are playing the Golden State Warriors in a game six as we speak. And the Clippers are up by eight points in the Staples Center. I think what really happened was that craziness. the Clippers hit up the Warriors and were like, look, we, uh, we need to sell some playoff tickets. Uh, incomes are down this year. Um, we, we took a lot of... Disclaimer. Sh- Kit <laughs> was born in California or some shit and <laughs> loves the Warriors. I think they... Uh, I mean, they're the best. No, obviously, I mean, they're stacked. Uh, Don't get me wrong. Um, But like you said. Coach just sent me a snapshot. Some playoff games. Playoff hockey. Playoff hockey. Video game Who's still in that, by the way? I know the Blue Jackets are in that. Well, there was that crazy, obviously, we had the tumultuous demise of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, yeah. I have a a guy. The Lightning. What the fuck happened with the Lightning? Fort Myers, and he was just so devastated. Really? They were a promising team. Yeah, I'm not even going to stray into the world of, like, a- analyzing hockey. Yeah, let's just skip over I'm that. I'm going to drop off and drop out there. But there was some good hockey shit out there. For yeah, some good hockey, hockey shit, hockey for heads. sure. Um, we'll get more interesting as we go along here in, in the spring. So I think there's two things to really analyze. I think that, obviously, as, been, as we've been alluded to, alluding to, there is the Battle of Winterfell. I can't wait. And then, obviously, as well... Minnesota Vikings draft an offensive lineman in the first round. Garrett um, Bradbury, welcome. All, all hail. 
Spielman. Irv Smith Jr., welcome. What we really have to do, actually, is send a gift basket to Spielman's wife, who flamed him in the public eye yeah. and said, if you don't draft... I mean, that was I that said, was basically just a warning. He's like, hey, guys, like I'm going to draft uh, O-Lyman this year. Like, yeah, it's a good PR move. Yeah. Uh, consulting with the Please Shut Up. Consulting with <laughs> Consult with us. Let us build together. So Battle of Winterfell is the big one. Why don't we talk about that? I mean, Battle Winterfell is going to be probably the best episode of Game of Thrones. Worry about that hype. I mean, it's going to be the the most epic battle. Like, I think it will be more epic than the Battle of the Bastards. If they're claiming that it's going to be the longest battle sequence yep. in the history of television or film, yep. I imagine that it's going to be more. It's going to be more epic than the Battle of the Bastards. Yep. Like, it has to be. Well, I think you're right. I think they actually have the same problem that Marvel has. I mean, we're talking about a series, a book series that's been going on for literal decades. Yes. Um, a TV series that has bolstered that, you know, kind of united that book fandom, that drama, fantasy crowd fandom into this global cultural phenomenon. Right. And now... There's, and I don't think in any world when these guys signed up, when D&D signed up, when they sat across from George R.R., Santa Claus himself, and said, look, we think we could make a TV show out of this shit. It's pretty juicy. We think it's edgy. We think HBO's the right place to do it because they, they don't give a shit what you put on there. Let's just blow it up. Let's do incest. Yep. Let's do kids getting killed in the street. Let's do it all. Let's do dragons. Babies being stabbed. Yeah, let's do it all. And then they're like, yeah, we could probably pull that off. We don't know, though. Let's give it a swing. I don't think anyone in that room was like, yeah, this is probably going to be like the biggest cultural phenomenon of like, the last decade, at least. It's blown the fuck up. I'm not... They were not sure. Like, I remember season one. They were like, yeah, this might not even work. Yeah. But, yeah, we'll, th- we'll shoot a pilot and see what happens. Well, you know me. I'm, I get passionate about things I like. And I like, I like to share that stuff. People would flame me for talking about Game of Thrones when it was just like season one and a book series, and they were like, "Wait a minute, dragons? Like, like what do you mean? Like fantasy, medieval?" Some people just do dragons? not. <laughs> some people just don't get it. They don't. It's not about that though. It's about the characters. Exactly. The, the I try to explain that to people, but they just don't yeah. buy it. I think it's also at this point in time. I think you deal with a lot of people that are just genuine late adopters mm-hmm. and that's just kind of how they go about their lives in all sorts of in all sorts of ways and you look at something as massive as game of thrones and go shit i missed the boat but let me tell you you have not missed the boat if you stopped right now what you're doing and you watched every episode of game of thrones it is possible on sunday you could get through like four and a half seasons <laughs> it is possible I can attest. I've low key. I I've watched seasons one through seven on my rewatch before season eight. In the after the new year hit, yep. I watched like two to three episodes a day on average. Yeah, watched seasons one through seven in a month. Yeah. I was like, yeah, guys, I finished Game of Thrones. I'm ready for season eight. They're like, um, you're insane. I was like, it wasn't that bad. No, two to three episodes a night. It's like watching a movie every night. Well, yeah, and you're not like just. After seeing it the first few times, you're not like yeah, you're like kind of passively watching shit. it exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Battle Winterfell predictions. 
there's a lot of what are you most looking forward to about this is i am most looking scene? forward the, to see potential advancement of the plot because i think exactly there's a lot. i want i want this is what i want kit this is what i want right i want to see the night king mm-hmm. interact with the stark family i want to see the night king interact with bran i want to see the night king interact with john or with our i want to see if he recognizes them if he knows who they are right. if he maybe he senses that because like there's a lot of people out there that you know claim that the night king is a stark was a stark mm-hmm. so it's like okay if he was a stark that means he can kind of relate to them then or or well i think the relating part is, i think that's a really good point Kind of like how Bran is the three-eyed raven now, yeah. but he was a Stark, so he kind of relates to them still. Like he still cares for them almost. Has there been any single character ever, ever in any medium more menacing or impactful who has never said a single goddamn thing? Seriously though, people forget that this See, dude he has does not, not even said talk a word. to people. Can he say something? They, in the books, they like speak, and it sounds like. That's how it's described, but it's not, uh, you can't decipher what yeah. it's not, it's not supposed to be understandable. But my point about the character device of like a, of a villain like the Night King, I just don't see any way that makes cinematic or theatrical sense for them to close that character or, or to make any kind of, you know, progression that involves interacting with people. I think all we're going to see is this sick fight. Sick fight between Viserion, Drogon, Dany. Well, let's count Dany out. These are the guarantees, I think, personally. It just guarantees. Guarantees that I think... Kits guarantees. With the Night King. All right? We don't have to go into it. I think we have to see, in order for this plot to make any sense, I, I assume it's probably Rhaegal and Jon versus Viserion. I think that that happens in a really, I don't know if it's like necessarily exposed, you know, if it's kind of, I would love, 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 love some like. So they're both dragon back. Yeah. Well, maybe not, but what I want, I think we have to see John versus the Night King. And I think that since they both have dragons, why wouldn't they be involved in the fight too? But what I would love, and this is just coming from like a fanboy perspective, is some like Gates of Troy style shit. Where Night King just comes out and is like, "Look, like we can just end this right now. Like you, you and me, one v one." Yeah. And John goes, "Well, shit. I guess if we kill the Night King, then then it's over. So why don't I do that?" Um, but I don't think that's what. I happen. feel like the Night King though is a lot stronger than people like think. Like he's not. Yeah. He. I mean, we we remember what he did with the dragon. He right. just the speed at which he threw that fucking spear. I mean, it's he's stupid. really good at finding, you know, uh, half-mile-long chains out of nowhere, too. I don't know how he figured that one out. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not gonna, I'm not even think about how he got... Calls HBO and said, dog. Yeah, we, we need some chains. I need a chain. <laughs> we need a chain. <laughs> how am I going to take this wall down, though? <laughs> I'm not... Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking with it. I don't know how they did that, but... No, it's funny. I, I But you're right, though, about the Night King being this, like, mythical power. But I think, again, the focus... Because the, the White Walkers are strong, too. Right. The night is dark and full of terrors. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. And we've been saying it for weeks, but 
I truly believe that this episode is where things are going to really start to get crazy. So let's chop it up, though, even deeper, though. When you start thinking about, like, stories, you know, I think that the episode two, the entire focus of that was to close the book on a lot of characters. However, these guys have been making Game of Thrones long enough to know and have profited off kind of leaning into, you know, certain things like, oh, you know, we've, we're set, we, we kind of know there's like this impending doom for Littlefinger. Right. You know? Um, Coming back. I don't, <laughs> please. He was the best character in the first three seasons in my opinion, but I, I don't know that they can do that anymore. I think they're at the point where it's like, I think they're beyond shock and awe. I think what we'll see is just really heartfelt, brutal, devastating losses for us as the viewers, but also for just the stock capital of like humanity. Yeah. Because um, that's what they've been building on in episodes one and two, those relationships. Yeah. I think the whole concept of the White Walkers, though, is predicated on climate being able change. to actually wipe out... Oh, climate change. I don't, I hate those discussions. I'm not even going to go. <laughs> but I meant just from like the Westerosi people, they've never faced an existential threat. Right. Period. I think that's the kind of idea. The realm. The realm has become corrupt. It's, you know, it's managed by a few people. And how do we change after the better? I think that where they're going is, okay, Winterfell is gone. Now, let's assume that they just get murked. Winterfell gets burned to the ground. Cersei, the high queen, is sitting there going, eh, we'll figure it out. You know, I'm fine. I think the people get wind of that. People are like, holy shit. <laughs> Winterfell's gone. Winterfell's gone. What is happening? Like it, it becomes real to them, um, and, and then we see stuff like, you know, maybe it's loss of food. Maybe there's a revolution. You know, how does that happen? Um, I think that's what they'll kind of focus on after this battle is like the actual kind of called global or national catastrophe right. that is this invasion. And hopefully, you know, it, if they want to win, that'll be what rallies the troops. So what do you think uh, Cersei is planning at this point? What do you think her um, her endgame is? See, I think Cersei... So I think back on earlier seasons and stuff like... One of my favorite episodes is when Tywin and Cersei have that interaction uh, regarding like the future of their family and Cersei... And marrying uh, Loras? No, when Cersei says, yeah, I'm fucking Jamie. It's like real. It's not a joke. I'm doing it. I think that at that point in time things kind of started to change for Cersei. I think she started to think she's like, I mean, she's clearly got some tact, some, you know, glimpses of her father's brilliance. Yeah. But for instance, let's think about this. This is something I like to digest. The whole point of this Iron Bank relationship with the, with the Lannisters was that Tywin was smart enough to know that if you are in debt to somebody, to a certain degree, that's your problem. But when it's on a scale like the Lannisters, especially when the Lannisters aren't just your average pawns, they're you know global or, or you know national figures in, in the kingdom. Absolutely, that becomes the bank's problem. Yeah, they were and and then in turn invested in making sure the Lannisters stayed in power. Uh, I think that it's very probable that. And I think this was Cersei's biggest mistake so far is to repay the Iron Bank in full like that, because then the Iron Bank is like, "Oh, great, I got paid back." Well, 
do I really think that Cersei could do that again? I don't know, maybe she could, but at this point in time, I'm actually not obligated to care. Right. As a lender, I'm actually, I have a lot of freedom not having Yeah, money. I got my money. Why don't I loan that money to somebody else who maybe would do a better job than Cersei or, or whatever, right? It, it actually takes leverage away from Cersei. So your question was, what do I think Cersei's plotting? I think she's plotting that the Iron Bank is her bitch. And that's that not just, the case. But I actually think it's the, I think she's going to get burned by that. Yeah. The whole concept of, oh, it's going to be Jamie and Arya wearing a mask. It's like, it just doesn't seem right to me for the course of the Lannisters to have it be just like, and they killed her, and then there's a couple good Lannisters left. I think it's more large scale. I think we'll probably see the Iron Bank do something along the lines of employ the faceless men, or perhaps the, the Golden Company isn't as bought as we thought they yeah. were. But Golden Company is a huge question mark in my book yeah. right now. Yeah. That Captain Strickland or whatever. Strickland. That's such a weird thing because there's so many. I think the, the biggest plot lines they skip out on in the show versus the books are the. Well, there's a big plot that they skip on in, in, in Dorne, but I won't go into that with like you know, this other Targaryen potentially. But, but long story short, it's, it's actually the Golden Company being led by a Targaryen bastard family called the Blackfires. And whether or not the captain is like potentially has a claim to the throne it doesn't matter they didn't lean into that at all they didn't they didn't cue that up at all so i think that this strictly sure. guy is just a placeholder yeah but yeah i i've heard all sorts of interesting things i think that one of the most compelling arguments about the golden company is that they are mercenaries i think that when they see like we haven't had any exposure you know the first few episodes were short the first two episodes were short. We haven't had a scene where we get a golden company like, oh yeah, I'm ready to kill some zombies. If they don't know anything about the fight for the living, like these people get what they're going into. Yeah. I think cities are these golden. The golden company does not know what's good with them. I think they get fucked. I think they get routed. They're gonna run away. Yeah. I think they could get absolutely throttled. Or do you think they face the the army of the dead? Even I think inevitably that's what they're queuing it up for. But there's all sorts of crackpot. I don't know. I. It's all speculative. Right. We can see something Absolutely like, speculative. Yeah. Well, I have some things I think I'm pretty But sure last episode, you were pretty spot on with a couple of things. I'll say that. Yeah. I'll say that much. Here's the problem. I spend way too much time hyperanalyzing. <laughs> I spend way too much time. But uh, you know what? For me, that that's that's a entertaining exercise. So uh, what I will say is that I think that we could see Cersei kind of park the Golden Company... Let's not be geographic, but near Winterfell or nearby in the north. Okay. Kind of waiting. Um, she has to know the full strength of the army that Danny has gathered, right? I mean, it's no secret that she has this big ass amount of people, and then she has to, you know, kind of believe that the the army of the dead is as big as John and them all said. Yes. But I think it's a smart tactical move as Cersei is trying to win to kind of stand at viewing distance and wait for the outcome. Right. Ideally, I think the most ideal situation is the Army of the North wins barely. Maybe John does some heroic, whatever. And there's like a couple thousand people left or, you know, let's not even be, let's not even use numbers. There's a smaller amount of people than the Golden Company. Right. And here comes the elephants or what, you know, not really, but just the Golden yes, Company. Suck it! And they just decimate them and that's it and I think that's what she thinks will happen uh, I think what's much more likely is they'll show up 
and try to like clean up or maybe they'll think the fight's over or they think the the whites are nearing defeat and they'll kind of charge in and they'll do some damage and then the night king is like wait what oh dope there's twenty five thousand armored soldiers for my army more zombies. more dragon comes in and just hooks everybody <laughs> yeah i don't know i, I don't know I, I think that that's such a weird thing because we have to see in order for any deaths to be impactful we have to see screen time of these people fighting in the north so yeah. i don't know how they're gonna but we'll see an hour and 20 minutes is queued up something tells me that the i think we were talking about it last week that the series ends in the south in at king's landing right like i feel like that scene with danny walking in the throne room with the snow is gonna oh like know, her visions when she was yeah, at her vis- the, the house of van dyne yeah yeah is gonna come back and be like a, a real thing right i think like winter is gonna come for king's landing i think and i think a few at winterfell are gonna have to retreat down to the south meet cersei maybe even fight fight you know for king's landing That'd and then cool. defend king's landing that would be cool i hope so i hope we see some sweet fight in king's landing um yeah i don't know maybe Arya will get to take cersei out that'd be awesome i i don't think we're gonna see it but the only thing i wanted this season i mean genuinely the only thing i wanted was to see bran do some kind of epic warg well, green seeing or whatever is you know looking into the past and and look at the battle of the trident. Just see Bobby B. King Robert with his Bobby. Gods, I was strong then. The Warhammer. He's the goat. Bobby B. Dothraki on an open field, man. King Bobby B. Bobby B. The girl dies. Bring me wine. Should have killed her. Think so? I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it probably would have. If they took out Danny yeah. early, I don't know if this whole. Do we have dragons? We don't have dragons, but does the Night King march south? Right. Like, you know, why Why did the Night King. Mar- why does the Mar- Night King and the Army of the Dead march south when they did? Um, There's a lot of chain reactions, a lot of... I think, I don't know that we'll get any of those answers. Domino I think those effects. are the right questions, but I think that there's only time and, and space to explain that in the books. Yeah. I, I just don't know that there's any real, like, productive way for the characters to sit down and have, like, a round table about, like, the intentions. Yeah. I think that's probably purposeful. I think that's probably the benefit of having a book where you can actually have devices to narrate certain things like that. But when you have an army that is just like existentially going to kill you, it doesn't make any sense to Tyrion to be like, pause. Why? Right. You know? <laughs> Why? Why are they here? They look at me like, uh, good question, but does it really? Yeah, it doesn't. Who gives the a grand shit? Grand things in the show does not matter. You know? know what I mean? Even though it matters to us. And I think that they did it. Because we have time to think about it. They don't. Yeah. And they nodded to that too with Beric. And Beric was like, that's all that matters is that they're dead and that we're not and we need to you know prevent them from killing it right. 
By the way, I said this to you earlier. Barrick Dondarrion, whoever plays that guy, I don't know his name in real life. Kid loves his This dude, dude has a voice of God. What is this dude's name? What, I what swear is... to God, every time he speaks, it is just impactful. It echoes strong. I love the way that dude talks. He's a great character. I mean, we have a lot of Barrick in the books, but... Richard Dormer. Richard Dormer. Yo, Richard, I got a crush on you, bro. I'm trying to hit you <laughs> he up. Needs to, he needs to get us a couple of video games. Yeah, I'm going to get you in some shit. Um, no, it's good. Basically, Barrick's definitely the coolest character in Winterfell, in my opinion. I think he's super sweet. Um, but I think he's also dead. And I think it's probably time we do some death predictions to... Uh, to really round out this discussion because that's what people care about we can sit here and talk about the lore and the because i think people like the history and the lore i'm provocative that stuff is really provocative to me uh it's interesting i think about it but at the end of the day this show is about tits and swords (laughs) and apparently (laughs) big ass dragons too but we didn't expect that necessarily listen good i don't have nobody but what i might feel all the sounds of sanity hoping what i hear loops itself continuously then i won't be afraid no no why must it feel so wrong when i try and do right do right When I'm closing my eyes I'm Mr. Solo Dolo I'm saying. Just like murks a bunch of girls. So I want to see some savage shit though. It has to be. I, mean, I no want way. to see some savage. I cannot wait until Sunday. Oh. By the way, yeah. uh, I'm coming through to P Town and oh, I'm bet. sitting in the same seat. Johnny Walker. Yep. White Walker. Kid has the Johnny Walker, what is the White Walker White whiskey. Walker. Yep. Easy, easy does it. There's a, the car, we could do the Cardo Gold. That's a dub right House there. Targaryen as well. There's a House Targaryen? Version? Yeah, well, so Johnny Walker is a whiskey. The Cardhill Gold Reserve is a single malt scotch. Oh. So they're both, you know, brown liquor. Of course liquor. you have both editions. Yeah, I'm... I'm uh, a collector. Yeah, sure. Well, we're drinking it. You know, I'm not, it's not sitting on the wall. I'm have, saying. Have fun with it. I'm saying. No, it's good. I think I think less people will die than, than, than expected, though. I think those three are goners. I think we could see, like... 
Matt was saying uh, Gilly and, and Little Sam are going to die. And I was like, yeah. The Crips are not safe. That wouldn't make me feel awful, though. The Crips are not safe. Yo, Gilly, low-key, like, no, with all due respect, Gilly, like, yeah. it's not looking too good. I think her character, her actress, the actress who plays Gilly is, like, in real life pregnant. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know that for a fact. I just read that somewhere. Yeah, I was like, oh, what's going on with Gilly? Well, what's going on is that, to be honest, frankly, no one really cares about her. Exactly. And they gave her so, you think that's, so much. In your world, that's enough reason to just take her out, take her character it's out. It's not about in my world. It's about what makes sense for the the. I think. Oh, no, it does make sense. Sixty. When you think about, if you're if you're directing this show, and you have all of, again, just like Avengers, you have all of these yes. character arcs coming to this pinnacle, and you have six episodes in a blank check. To put gold on the table, uh, I'm not gonna spend more than five minutes on Gilly. Gilly and Little Sam. You know what I mean? I'd rather have. But then there's that three there's that emotional like attachment for some people. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I think at this point, as a fan watching the show, who has seen the series like mm-hmm. four or five times mm-hmm. through, mm-hmm. there's more things I feel that are pressing than. Gilly and Little Sam. But cinematically, the purpose of a character like Gilly is to make a character that we actually have had more time to like invest Sam. in see, feel sad. Yeah. So therefore, as a viewer, so, when you watch yeah. Gilly die, and you Sam see Sam sad, sad then you feel you're sad. sad. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. That's a way for them to you know make you feel that that emotional roller coaster that they're going for without being able to murk all the most important characters yeah. all the time. I mean, obviously, we've seen some of the biggest characters on the show just get dropped with no warning, but I don't know that we'll see that. I just... I want to see some reaction videos on YouTube. Can you imagine, though, if they... I mean, what would be the reaction if just all hell breaks loose, skipping all the details, and we end up with a dead cast and, like, maybe Arya and Sansa get away? Arya and Sansa get away. Yeah, yeah. Just what I'm saying. Like two, two of the mains. Like, pick, I don't think maybe, Sansa dies. Maybe everyone except for for Don and, and uh, uh, Don, John and Danny. So main characters, everyone so dies saying, except for them too. And there's an hour and a half, and they all die. I think that would be bad. With two episodes left. Yeah, I think that would be bad for the the character arcs or the the story arc of the show mm-hmm. overall. No, for sure. I think it makes sense when they the way that they've like hyped up this army and the way that they've built this climactic. Events, but I don't know that it does a lot for a viewer to say, "Oh man, this this person I've been walking or watching on uh, for years died along with the twenty others I liked in a matter of thirty minutes." Now thinking back to that map that scene, tough love, dude. like the mismatch. I'm all for it. I'm here for it. No, for sure. Yeah. Like the mismatch though between the Army of the Dead and Winterfell. Yeah. Is I mean they're gonna siege that yeah. bitch. Well, imagine too. I think it's so funny too when you have like. Like Jan Royce and like all these like Lords of the North and the Vale, like, oh, I bent the knee to Danny. Like, like you realize how absolutely fucked yeah. you would it be without those dragons and those Dothraki? I don't, I don't know if the dragons are even going to play that big of a role. Potentially not, but nonetheless, from a like, if we're stacking chips and you pull Danny's chips out of that pile, you might as well just wait. No, no, you're, it's done. You guys, you might as well just self-immolate. It's yourself. done. It's hard home. <laughs> just set yourself on fire. It's hard and home save at that point. The pain. It is hard. <laughs> they're, they're dead. Are you kidding? Dog, I'm gonna. I love that. It's it's hard home. 
So Jesse, what are your uh, what are your predictions? I've talked enough. I'm interested to hear yours. Yep. So if you had to pick, I think the best way to do is if you had to pick three that you were for sure think are dead. Like who would that? I be? like your picks for for deaths. I really do. Sure. Uh, Sir Jorah. Um, I think I think I think I think Brienne had her moment of be- becoming a knight, and she's done. She smile. Uh, I think she's done. Brienne brutal. of Tarth finally smiled. And uh, Pod, that's, I mean, he sang the song. Pod is kind of irrelevant at this point. Like, uh, he can be dead too. Both Brienne, Brienne but they Pod. might hit us with like a surprise death. Like, they just might yeah. fuck around and kill, like, God forbid, Arya for some fucked up reason. But, I mean. That would be a, such a slap to the face because of the untold or the unfinished story arc with the. Um, the, the faceless men. We've had so much there, and now it's just like nothing. So Arya dies, and then she like, she's not really dead. Yeah. Well, have you? So you were talking about Littlefinger. There's like this big theory about yeah. where Littlefinger paid someone from the faceless men to imitate him. Yeah. And then he dipped out. Dude, I'm telling you, there was a scene in that last season, the last the episode of the last one. season. Yes. What is that? I love Littlefinger. It would make me so happy. I'm telling you, man. Back. This this dude. Might be out there still. So I, I got you off track though. So you said you like you think Brienne and Yeah, so I was saying I like your picks and then I think there's gonna be like a surprise pick, like I think they're gonna kill someone like even more significant than than those those are main characters, but like I mean someone like a family mm. character like like a Stark or a Targaryen maybe, or Lannister. Like you said, Sir Jorah Mormon might die. Maybe Lyanna Shane? Mormon dies yeah, and Sir Jorah Mormon lives. I think Jamie's gonna live to see that. Yeah, I like Jamie. He's probably my favorite Lannister. Looked like he was fucking shit up in the trailer too. Yeah. It's a travesty if we go through the whole season of this whole or this whole story arc for for Jamie and he's got this golden hand and you know, bronze teaching him to fight again and they don't give this guy like a dragon glass like spike or something. Right. <laughs> like, come on, man. Don't no, it's just it. like it's bum ass gold hand. I mean it was badass at first, but now it's just like at this point, it's it kind like, of serves as a shield, though, almost. When when he's like, you know, head of the king's guard or hand of the queen or whatever, you know, it's not a big deal. He's got a gold hand. But when he's like reporting to Brienne, supposed to be like a grunt. He's got one arm; it's his bad arm. Yep. Let's do something there. Let's let's. Uh, With bummy armor too. Yeah. Well, there was a. I was listening to somebody say it was like that whole that thing that Arya was setting up. That, that weapon was actually like a hidden blade for Jamie. <laughs> I, it looked like a like an Ezio hidden blade it did, for Arya. It did. It did. It did. Didn't it? Yeah, I think it's it's obviously not that. But what yeah. if we? There's got to be. I mean, it's Chekhov's gun, right? I mean, well, why would Arya care about what Jamie gets? Building this spear, if it's just gonna be like another weapon. You know, she's got a she's got needle. She's got a Valyrian steel dagger and the dragon glass. Javelin. Needle's not Valyrian steel though, so That's it's useless true. in this battle. That's true. The dagger might do something. Yeah, I like the idea that she kills some, you know, whatever with that. And then <laughs> I was reading that uh, people are like, "Oh yeah, she's gonna throw that thing at the at Viseria." Please. I'm like, okay. I knew the Night King came out here and was like Olympic javelin throw with no effort, just cash. Uh, but Arya Stark. Like, no, she's, she's not. She's quick and she's elegant, but she's not. Her, her throwing knife ability is pretty good. It's a knife, though. We're talking about a spear. Right. Hundreds of feet into the yeah, air. It's a yeah. I don't know if she's strong enough for that. Right in the heart. You know, you can't I don't know if she's strong enough for that. She's no Night King when it comes to throwing spears. 
Yeah, I think Brienne would hit people pretty hard. But like Littlefinger, yeah. he's buried in the crypts, is he? Is he not? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. I don't know that they would do that. I think that would be insulting to the Starks to... to uh, Assume there's other places to put people that die, or maybe they just fed Ramsey's dogs. Mm. <laughs> By the way, what happened to those dogs? Who knows? <laughs> they went the way of Nymeria <laughs> in the pack. They just let them free. Who knows? I want to see Nymeria's pack. There's a lot of questions I have. Come out of nowhere, Riders of Rohan style. Oh, that would be so sweet. Clean house, and I want to see Melisandre and the army of red priestesses just fucking. You see, that's that's a crazy them. ass theory, and I think. It very well might come true. But, like, to close this out, I wanted to talk about real quick the Jenny song, okay. Craziness, okay. with Pod. I did lose my shit. We were watching this live. Yeah, and I had no idea what was going on. But apparently, it's a, it's a big theme in the book. story? Go ahead. Okay, so briefly, without getting too deep into the lore here, basically, in the books, they tell the story of Duncan Targaryen, who was, I believe, a son of Aegon the Conqueror or one of the descendants of Aegon directly, um, was cued to marry up some, you know, royal family, you know, sort of an arranged marriage type of deal, uh, but fell in love with this girl named Jenny of Old Stones. And uh, he gave up the throne for her. He just didn't want to rule. That was not his thing, even though it was his his birthright. Um, And then Jenny had this best friend who ended up, um, you know, there was a tragic, you know, kind of ending to that story with, with, with Duncan and Jenny and, and, you know, whatever. This girl who was best friends with Jenny uh, felt really outcast, felt like Duncan kind of took her away and was kind of miserable. And, and the only thing she held on to was this song that Jenny used to sing. Right. That we heard Pod sing. Right. Um, I think it's really interesting, though, the backstory of that song about how Duncan Targaryen gave up the throne for Jenny, mm-hmm. just nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a little bit of more flavor there. The reason why that song becomes so important in the books is because we get a lot of the, one of the devices that we learn a lot of the lore about Azor High and the prince that was promised. Yep. All those theories comes from people going into, I believe she's in um, the swamps of, up in the Riverlands. Uh, I forget exactly. High Heart. She's called the Ghost of High Heart because she's this old, like, piggy, kind of like Melisandre type mm-hmm. witch. Uh, and you go to her, you sing this song, she tells you prophecies in your future and stuff like that. And so that's where we learn about all the sort of high, the princess promised, and all sorts of various things. Right. And it becomes a fairly big deal because the Brotherhood Without Banners, uh, Big Barrack and Thoros, and Lady Stoneheart, and there's this big kind of, like, you know, as far as, like, the grand, you know, theme of the show with Ice and Fire and and, and, and uh, you know, the battle of you know, life versus death, and it all kind of circles around this mythical group of people. Right. Why they chose that one song to play in the show or, or to use in the show, I think it's potentially alluding to some sort of story device, um, but I can't say for certain because I don't know if it makes sense for in a perfect world that Say they all win, say a few people die, but no one that we really care about. John and Danny survive, and that John says, No, I'm not the king. Right. Danny should be the queen. Exactly. That would make me puke. Well, I feel, I feel <laughs> like they're playing to that, though, because, I like, know. right as they play that song, or as yeah. Pods finish up that song, yeah. they're in the crypts. Yeah. John's looking at Leanna Stark. Yeah. 
it's like yeah. mm. did you watch the do you remember the um the like inside the episode with D&D yeah, like, I, uh, I think it was. Uh, <laughs> I think George ordered the books. Kiss my ass. <laughs> I think that's one of. Uh, that's in George. Uh, yeah, I believe it's in George's books. George's books. <laughs> you mean the, the source material the for source. your entire fucking The primary show? source. It's so hilarious. Not to mention that the story quality and the writing has gone significantly down the, down the gutter since they ran out of source material. Yeah. He's not a lot of. I, I feel like there was some shade there. Do you think there's some potential beef? I don't think they consult with him that often. Like, no. Especially now. Yeah. Now that, like, the books part is kind of, like, done. The Game of Thrones part is kind of done. Like, I don't think they... I don't know if we'll ever get more books. I don't, have to, but I don't know if we will. I don't know if they consult with George R. R. Martin that, that often. I just can't imagine that they do. Why would they? I think they're on their own shit. Yeah. We could spend a whole podcast talking about... No, literally say it every time we talk about Game of Thrones on here. Like, we could talk about it forever. But it must come to an end. Right. Three more episodes. Only three more. Well, after Sunday, I should say. After Sunday, three more. Four, five, six. The good news is, if you think about percentages, we have like 70% of the season left. Because the last four episodes, the runtime is crazy. Much longer. Yes. What are we cooking? Like an hour and 20 minutes? They're only increasing now. Yeah. In terms of running time. Yeah. So Pochnik, the genius behind Bastards and Battle of Bastards and Hardhome and all that. Uh, Watchers on the Wall. All those episodes were longer. He's directing this one. I think it's an hour and twenty. So look forward to that. But uh, brace yourselves. Winter is coming. Winter is here. Battle of Winterfell. Yeah. Look for the Travis Scott. You know China. No, if they drop that shit. <laughs> if they drop that shit, I'm gonna lose my mind. ASAP no, it's not a good song. No, no, no the Joy shit. Badass and the ASAP Rocky one. That that one's the for the gods, the gods or whatever. To yeah, the gods. Yeah. That one's okay. I vibe with it. But, but it's like it's very the one with the weekend and SZA and, and Travis. Nope, that's not it. Yeah, imagine mid fight scene. You start they were going for, <laughs> they were going for like Skidding. a an all the stars, Slap. but it just missed, like totally missed. It was a total rip off of the Avengers, or I'm sorry, the Black Panther album. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't, I didn't fuck with that marketing very well. No, I don't, I don't like. I'm gonna have to listen to the entire album, but yeah. I don't think it's, I don't think that's it. Yeah. Well, if they're selling Game of Thrones Oreos, you might as well sell music, too. Which you have, as well. Yeah, dude. It has all the rares, all the collectibles. Come at me with them in the class. I got exotics on Episode 3, Battle of Winterfell, Game of Thrones, this Sunday. 